Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. <laughs> you want only, me to do that only, again? No, only a bit. You're only a bit slow. It's fine. <laughs> I'm paying attention, honest. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, released in 2013 and directed by Tommy Wakola. The plot summary for Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is as follows. Hansel and Gretel are bounty hunters who track and kill witches all over the world. As the fabled Blood Moon approaches, the siblings encounter a new form of evil that might hold a secret to their past. Uh, we watched this because, well, it's that time of year when there's really not much being released at the movies. And this kept coming up on uh, Netflix as being something I might like to watch. So, and then I saw some cute gifts, and then I decided I was in. I actually um, just looked up the rating on Rotten Tomatoes before we started. It's only at 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I saw this <gasps> uh, a while ago, uh, middle of last year, I think, is when I saw this. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even have a review of it, actually. I'm not sure. But uh, I found this movie really fun, and I have a really distinct feeling that in, like, 10 years, people are going to be rediscovering it as a cult classic. This had cult classic written all over it. Yeah, especially since it didn't have a very good um, – it didn't do well at the box office. The critics didn't like it, which makes me think um, – and yet there's a lot of things in it that people like, so I do and get the very strong sensation that this might be a cult classic in the making. I totally think so, and I had so much fun watching it. I know. I, I don't really get – like – I, I, I don't understand. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a B movie, but it's it fully embraces the idea that it's a B movie, and it's totally committed to the idea that it's a B movie. Yeah, and it's um, I like all of the sort of I like the swearing and the irreverence and the fact that Hansel and Gretel for some reason are American, even though they're in the middle of what appears to be a yeah. Swedish town, and the random anachronism. Random anachronisms, yeah. I, I, I and Gemma Arterton is British too, so she's doing an American accent to max match Jeremy Renner well, that's because, in a movie that's not about America. Right, but everybody else is doing that kind of middle European accent. They sound like they're German or Swedish or Danish speaking English. Um so well, no, but she wouldn't fit are. in with them. Yeah, I they, feel like most of I them think because Peter Stormare or Stormare, I'm not sure I, I don't know. Is in this movie and he's always he's always chewing good. fun. Um, and he is, he sounds like that in all his movies. So right. obviously he has a natural accent. Yeah. But everybody um, else The does. sheriff, I mean, the mayor of the town clearly also has a, has an accent. So <laughs> like, yeah, I think they just shot somewhere. Right. Um, in Eastern Europe where everybody sort of sounds that right. way. Or, right. Or Central Europe or something. I f- oh, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. The director is born in Norway. There you go. So yeah, I, I'm assuming he casts his Oh, I did review it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Way back in the middle of last year. That's awesome. Yes. I even have a star. Oh, that's right. I found it was one of my early reviews and I found this amazing poster for it that looks like this. Um, <gasps> so people at home will post it on the notes, but it's like oh, this wow. dripping blood poster. It's fantastic. You have to send me that. I want to put that up on the Tumblr. Wow. Yeah, it's that's really, really, really cool. great. I didn't find um, any poster that cool. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw it a while ago and I hadn't actually read anything about it. I hadn't read mm. any. Oh, this is a I'd shorter never, review than I do now. I had never even heard of it. Well, this might have been back back in your live journal days, maybe. Or is it uh, just after no, no, you no, started the on, blog? No, no, no. It's just after I started yeah. the blog. Yeah. I just, it's interesting. I did it J- July 11th. Last oh, year. So we were already doing the podcast by then. Um, when you saw it, it was when I was, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it in, uh, when I went to Melbourne visiting my mum and my sister. Great. Um, yeah. I saw it then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I just, I hadn't even heard of it until I kept seeing, kept coming up as in, as recommended for me 
on Netflix because, I don't know, Netflix doesn't have that many movies or I've watched some enough horror for them to go, hmm, maybe she likes schlocky B movies. Or cult or – Cult, yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, and, and so I was like, I had never even heard of it. But then there was – yes, I saw some cute – I saw a cute gift somewhere. Sorry. No, sorry, you go. Uh, I was going to say um, – one of the things I really like in this movie is that you constantly see movies where all the bad guys are men. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's all these monster races where they're all men. It seems like all orcs are men. Um, you know, you see it all the time right. in movies where uh-huh. all of the bad guys. In this movie, literally all the bad guys are women. Right. Apart from Peter Stormare's evil, nasty sheriff. Right. The actual monsters are women. And it's kind of fun to see monster women on screen because you never get to see it. And they get cool makeup. Oh, and they the get witches cool are amazing. And I'm like. I, and it's uh, Fumke Janssen who just, as always, like choose the scenery and is totally badass. And she's wonderful. But it's not just that the bad guys are witches. We get the whole spectrum of women. Yeah. Like we have a lead in Gretel who's like your sort of strong female character kind of thing. She's a, a bit of a badass and she can fight and all that kind of stuff. And bite guys' noses off. Right. And then there's the hot redhead whose name I don't actually remember off the top of my head, Mina. And she's kind of like that more feminine and soft and healing and she's got more traditional feminine sort of role. And then there's the witches who and who are a bit more – who are more vampy and outcast and also bad guys. And and within the witches, there's a great range of different types of women among those witches. Yeah. So you've got your femme fatales, you've got your more butch-type witches who are into different types of magic and they've each got different strengths and weaknesses. How I think that's great. I know. That's what I was sort of thinking when I was watching it is that, like, it's so much fun to watch this movie that has a mostly female cast with mostly, you know, I mean, Hansel fights the women as well, but um, Gretel does too. They both do equally. Um, Right. They are both, and they're equal partners really in their, um, in their, in their, you know, monster hunting hunting. Well, towards the end, there's, there's a bit of damseling on the part of Hansel, but also there's a bit where he has to go in and at the end to fight the final battle where you're actually worried about him. You're like, I don't know that he's quite strong enough to go up against these guys, but she clearly is because we've had a demonstration. I don't know how far to go into spoilers. Maybe I, nah. I don't think we need to worry about okay. spoilers. So we found out honest. that she's you, Gretel's a, a witch, right? It's not something that you can't figure out no, very, in a, very early on. In I know, the movie. I know. Um, yeah, and so we found out she's a witch, but he's not, and yet he's going in anyway. And he, we're like, oh god, he's so underprepared, and you're so, you're worried about him, like in the sort of. Uh, that sort of sense where you might be worried if you saw, if, you know, in a more traditional movie, if you saw a female character walking down a dark alley. And that's great. And it comes down to as well, he's got diabetes. Oh, they God, have, yes. <laughs> they have these wonderful things like Middle Ages diabetes and Middle Ages machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it, the idea is it's pro, uh, set, you know, in the era in which the grim fairy tales were written, but the language is all modern. They swear like troopers and they have these hilariously – modern come steampunk come traditional weapons because so like it's a the it's she's got a crossbow sorry a crossbow yes Mm. and he's got like a machine gun but it's all very like no it doesn't become a machine gun till the end right at the beginning they have like more old-fashioned cannon style gun that uh, it's just great um but yeah, it, I I mean, I just sort of went, this is an alternate reality, clearly, because mm. <laughs> it's this, it's more like it's a fantasy world that they're in, really, right. than the real world. Um, And there's also Edward the Troll, the brilliantly named Troll. Oh, he's great. I love him and Trolls Serve Witches, mm-hmm. which I love that too, because it's like, you often see these troll characters as 
uh, yeah, I mean, they're always serving men or some other thing. But in this case, it's this big burly man serving these women. I love it. Love that. Um, yeah, and it's also fun to see him. He's like, you know, in spite of appearances, not necessarily the bad guy. Yeah. Um, it's it's all just – and there's also um, the fear of witches as a monster yeah. is – comes the root of it comes from um, the fear of women who don't want kids, basically. Yeah. Like, they are the monsters that represent the fear of women who aren't maternal. <laughs> Um, so they're always sacrificing children or killing children or whatever. Quite literally, sacrifice is a blood moon. Yeah. Uh, not, um, no subtlety there. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, that's the thing. But then uh, they have, um, of course, in this movie, good witches as well. And yep. they're very maternal. And so it kind of, I think it kind of uh, um, doesn't just go with that kind of idea, that kind yeah. of trope. It, it puts a new spin on witches. I mean, I know we've got a lot of good witches now, but it's fun to see really, really super evil witches and some good ones as well in the mix. It was really fun. Yeah, well, it was a great way of exploring that traditional myth. They sort of stuck to the canon of Hansel and Gretel, you know, knocking the witch into the oven kind of thing. And, yeah, I I really liked that they played with that kind of – all all these silly ideas and and the traditional ideas and the non-traditional ideas. It was great. And it's a very – um, really violent movie, but there's so much fun gore in it. Yeah, it's stupid and fun gore. Like people, people's heads blow off, or like they get um, pulled in five different directions. Um, and then there's the bit near the end with the wire. Oh my god, that's so where there's clever! There's a witch that just flies through wire it is... and like explodes into pieces. Mm. Um, and the witches have these like they have broomsticks, but they're really like gnarled. Um, stick broomsticks and they go super fast on them. The broomsticks are so amazing. I love all the broomstick chases. I also love that um, they're like Hansel's favorite thing to do is to like grab onto the back of a broomstick and he ends up getting dragged <laughs> along by it. It happens more than once to him and he gets dragged along by a broomstick. It's He's one like, of his oh, this was a mistake. Yeah. There's a couple actually that they've clearly like. They use the same fighting methods a few times, which makes it clear that they've done it so many times before. Mm. And I don't know, it's just kind of cute that yeah. they've actually put some effort into what this world is and yeah. these characters and all that sort of thing. I thought that was great. Um, I'm trying to find out. I thought the, the witches also, I know, I've written down here, I, I don't know why, but when I did this, watched this movie, I was like, oh, I want to live tweet it. Then I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that because I'll spoil the podcast. So I, in an Evernote, I've basically live tweeted it and I've just found myself a note that I wrote to myself, witches can climb like monkeys. Yeah, I remember saying that. They have this great skill. Like, for, for some reason, at one point, we see a witch escape by climbing up a tree like a monkey. Well, they're very super physical and yeah. in different ways. So, like, they can bend in funny directions. Right. But I they're... don't think it might have been that that specific witch as well. There's a few. Yeah. Clearly, the witches have different strengths and different physicalities. Yeah. And things they can do. Um, well, I was going to – oh, right. The, the, um, the broom chases reminded me of this – Speeder chase in Return of the Jedi. I was about to say they're like the little speed races in Return of the Jedi through, yeah. through the um, woods, kind of very, very much like that. I yeah, agree. It's fun. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's not the best movie ever. The plot is super, super predictable. Um, but I mean, it's not a movie you really see for the plot. There's also some interesting stuff with Gretel and how she deals with what is clearly still a really sexist world. Um, and like mm. all of the women actually in this movie are women who um, defy the mold in a really, really sexist world. All of them, even mm. though they're all really different, all of them defy the mold because yeah. the very caring, sensitive um, healer woman is um, on trial for being a witch. Yep. And right. also, gasp, 
wears colours <laughs> in this world where everybody wears beige and grey and black. Yeah. She shows up in colour. Um, so you know she's important. Exactly. But also she's the only one in the town wearing it in the scene mm. where they're accusing her of being a witch. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, so she defies the gender roles. Um, Gretel obviously does. Right. And, even and gets a pants, lot of yeah, all that sort of stuff. And gets a lot of um, hate for it, and she um, gets into a couple of situations. There's one point where she's surrounded by men, and they're trying to um, beat her up, and and she that's when she bites Peter Storm Stormare's nose, mm. which is great. Yeah. Um, After she's given him a Liverpool kiss early on, like head butted him, yeah, and broken it the first time. Yeah, exactly. And then so he has a little splint on his nose. <laughs> this is and, hilarious uh, little sight gag. And then Famke Janssen, mm. her character is this grand witch who can change her appearance so she can be really beautiful and really terrifying looking. Mm. Um, and then the other witches, of course, are really, you know, um, different, right. scary looking, well, non-traditionally fem feminine. Yeah, there's one who's quite, like, quite butch. Like, she's got short, spiky yeah. hair and she's, is cool. quite, she's quite physically... Um, well built, and there's others who were who look. She's the one you see the most of. But then there's like double witch, who's like conjoined twin witch, who has all kinds of amazing powers to a thing. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. The the witch fights are just so much fun. Mm. They're so much fun. There's even one over like just at the end of the movie. Which, by the way, it would be really great, I think, to have a sequel, but it won't because it didn't do well enough well, to have a sequel. Right? No. Apparently, it's done really well. Outside of the US, apparently it did terribly domestically, but worldwide it it did really really well. And in some countries, it even opened at number one. So apparently, it's made so much money outside the US that there is talks of a sequel. And it's like the, Pacific Rim, yeah. And the ending perfectly sets up a sequel. We even start to see them, the new team, come together and they're on another mission and pretending. Yeah. Um, there's this really cute character called Ben who is a Hansel and Gretel fanboy, and I think he is adorable. He's playing the Justin Long role, <laughs> yeah. if you're keeping up from last week with Galaxy Quest. He's so much like Justin Long too. Like, yeah. those roles are so similar. Very much so. Um, um, Yeah, and then, of course, you know, Edward the Troll. And, and Ben is uh, – there's one moment that I really, really particularly <laughs> enjoy where um, there's a bunch of idiotic hunters who have gone out in the middle of the night to try and catch witches – which of course is you know a dumb idea because they're stronger at night, they can see better at night. They are, they, I mean, it's too dangerous. Yeah, Hansel and Gretel say it a bunch of times. So these guys go out to try and do it, and they get caught. And uh, there's a um, curse that that Famke which puts on one of the hunters and mm. sends him back as a message. And like he's in front of everybody in the tavern, and Hansel looks at him and then pulls Ben across in front of him. <laughs> Um, and then the the guy, the hunter just explodes and like, you know, bits of him go everywhere and there's blood all over everybody except Hansel because he put Ben in front as like this human yeah. shield. I kind of like the jaded Hansel right. character. And like both Hansel and Gretel are so sweet and they have a really nice relationship too. Right. And you, with those three men, the sort of, they're like this spectrum of non-traditional masculinity that are the good guys. Mm. So you get the troll who is quite subservient and um, more of a more, a more of a submissive nature, and you've got um, Ben who is like small and a bit nerdy and again not traditionally male, and Hansel who is quite who has this you know badass witch fighting persona, but he's very much egalitarian and respects women and 
certainly he hates witches. He does hate witches, but he's he's respect. To be fair, if he doesn't a know you're a witch. He's very respectful of you and treats you like an equal. Yeah, if, uh, for yeah. women who aren't witches, right? Yeah. But they're all but, in mean, this, particularly in this world, very non-traditional men. The traditional men are like the more traditional men, the Peter Storari and the mayor and the stupid guys who go out in the middle of the night and try and fight witches. The mayor's not a bad guy. The mayor is the one who hires Hansel and Gretel. He's a good guy. He's yeah. a good guy. But they, he, so yeah. So but so yes. Yeah, so more Peter Stramari, the sheriff. Yeah, and he's more traditional, big brave. I'm I'm a man. I'm going to teach these women a lesson. Kind of men are the bad guys. Uh, yeah, and they're the ones who are are equally bad. They and the witches are equally bad, but also they get just, just decimated by the witches who yeah. are so so much better right. than them. And so of course the mayor then in hiring Hansel and Gretel, he's um non-traditional male idea as well in that he's willing to ask for outside help to solve their problem yeah Yeah. i mean yeah it's it um the costuming and makeup and stuff is also a lot of fun i mean it's clearly been made on a kind of a budget but they stretch it pretty well especially those witches they look amazing the witch at the very beginning my first thought was like that looks like billy crystal and the princess bride (laughs) was the the first witches is if you know your fairy tales the first the witch at the beginning i'm talking about is is the witch who has the candy house that mm. hansel and gretel walk into so she's very like him but then or later more like on, um what's her name something kane the uh, woman in his his wife yeah in the, the wife bride. oh that's right um, a witch i'm your wife yeah yeah um yeah more like that kind of that's that kind of makeup but Fumke Carol Anson, Kane. Fumke Janssen and her coven are not like that at all they're a bit more well fumka has got that She's a grand witch. She can show herself as looking human or she can look like a witch. So, But she, their makeup is different again. It seems to be a bit more modern and less um, crone-like. Mm. They sort of have – they have the – they change their faces in a, in a way that's not – they don't look like women who the, – the first witch is, is that, that idea of women who don't want to have children, a woman who's dried up and a crone, and mm-hmm. she, they're not like that so much. Yeah, They're sort of more young and vital. They've just chosen not to look like, you know, or li- look or live like. Well, it's, normal the, it's not so much they chosen as the you know evil gets into evil, them and all yeah, that whatever. Sort of thing, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the fact that the whole the narrative is female driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's really neat. I don't really like the subplot with Hansel and and his witch girlfriend though. Yeah, I mean it. It's sweet, but it kind of. It always derails the the movie. Like it, whenever there's they build up the energy, mm. the the romantic scenes kind of just knock that out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like knock the wind out of its sails a little bit, and then it has to gather it again. Yeah, when Gretel comes back, <laughs> um, right? The the romance is not the it, it sort of doesn't fit. I see where you mean. And I I don't really think that girl is a particularly strong actor, and so it wasn't mm. really like it wasn't. <laughs> up to the standard of the rest of the B movie. Um, but you know what I mean. It, yeah. It's a really, like, it, the point of the movie is to be fun and energetic right. and go for it. And those scenes, like the romantic pool scene and all that sort of stuff, could just mm. kind of, they needed something a little bit more right. to those, I think, to get it into you the call movie. It, uh, yeah, and we call it a B movie, and it kind of is, but your lead actors are Gemma Arterton, Jeremy Renner, and Peter Stromari. These are not, like... And Fumke Janssen. Fumke Janssen. Yeah, these are kind of... Fairly mainstream actors. I mean, they're not. But Jeremy Renner at that time was not like stars. This, it was, this was 2013. This came out. Oh, I thought this. I had a feeling this was shot it might before have been Avengers. Shot before Avengers, but because I both, remember both women are like they they they're people who are known for action movies though. So Jeremy Renner had at that point done Hurt Locker, 
and that Bourne movie that he did, mm. the two women are both Bond girls and so and are also well known for doing action stuff. And Peter Stramari's in everything. Yeah, he is. Mm. He's uh um for some reason, I always remember Constantine as being the main because he I think he plays the devil in Constantine. Right. So he he does these he he's done a lot of action and adventure and that kind of stuff. So they're pretty top notch actors, particularly for a B movie. Well, I think it's an intentionally B movie. Right. It's yeah, not no. an accidentally B movie. No. It's a movie that's intending to be the way it is. It's mm-hmm. kind of like um, you didn't see Iron Sky, but that was yes, I have seen it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, that was also intentionally a yeah. movie, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun too. Um, I think I like this one better. Mm. Uh, it didn't have a lot, some of the problems that Iron Sky had, but mm. it. I think also it could have benefited from a little bit more of the setup of them as witch hunters before it got into the plot about their family and all mm. that sort of thing. I think that took up a little bit too much, so it kind of had a little bit of a pacing problem. Yeah, it did. I agree. Um, but in spite of those things, I mean. I think those are reasons why a lot of people might not like it. Also, people seem to not get what it is. They're like, "Oh, it doesn't. It fails as a parody of a fantasy movie." And I was like, "Is it really supposed to be a parody?" I thought it was kind of its own thing here. Yeah, I didn't. I don't understand that fifteen percent rating because, if nothing else, I had a lot of fun watching it, and that yeah. to me deserves a few marks. If you can, <laughs> if you can provide entertainment. Or I pay attention for the full hour and a half, and I and I really did. I didn't even go on Twitter, like I was paying attention the whole time. So you know that's a big achievement. Um, if you I was just, a little less, but I'd seen it before. Yeah, you'd already seen it. But like, if you, yeah, I, f- I feel like entertainment value deserves something, and I I don't know how you could not be entertained by this these <laughs> funny anachronistic one-liners that come out of anywhere. They, I've just, I can just see in front of me. Are you a good shot? No, not really. <laughs> like, really, it's just these little non-sequiturs and one-liners and, and silly little things. Like he gives a porridge at one point and says, it's not too hot, not too hot, not too cold. Just right. You know, yeah. Goldilocks and the Three Bears kind There's of There's quite a few quotes from other ones. I think yeah. there's another one in there and a couple of other references. Mm. Um, okay, so the Rotten Tomatoes thing says, alternately mm. bloody and silly, Hansel and Greta Witch Hunters fails as both a fantasy adventure and a parody of same. But I didn't ever get that it was supposed to be a parody. No. I just thought it was like a fantasy, like a sort of modern take on the fantasy right. and adventure it, thing. Yeah, and it's sort of, I don't know about parody so much as like commentary. Like it's sort of a loving tribute to fantasy movies, to like movie violence, to uh, fairy tales. I, I just thought it was a yeah. blend of all those things in a movie. Like more yeah. like it's, you know... a it doesn't take itself too seriously, which mm. is something we ask of movies a lot of the time. Yeah. It doesn't sort of go like this is a really serious take yeah. on a on a um fan- a, a mm. fairy tale. It's just like let's take a fairy tale and blow the crap out of it. Mm. And but, it with lots yeah. of women fighting each other, which I like. Well, yeah, but and to me, I mean it does seem to me it does succeed. I don't know if you want to call it a parody, but it succeeds as a as in playing with the conventions of the genre. Yeah, I think you can play with the conventions of a genre without it being a parody. Like, yeah. um, this movie isn't anywhere near as good as the movie I'm about to mention, but Cabin in the Woods yep. is a brilliant example of being both a genuinely scary horror movie and a total um, – um, the word has fallen out of my head. I use it all the time when I talk about Cabin in the Woods. Um, homage? No, no, it's not homage. It's a um, deconstruction. Oh, deconstruction right. Deconstruction of horror mm-hmm. movies. So it both – um, takes every trope and looks at it 
as well as making a horror movie, right? Mm. Yes. And that's a, you know, one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. This one isn't as good, but it does it's certainly aiming something for that. kind of similar where yeah. it's, it takes all of these tropes and just sort of it kind of pulls them out and looks at them and then puts mm. them back in the movie in yeah. a way um, or pulls it out and makes you look at it and put it, puts it back in the movie in a way. Yeah. Like, because a lot of the movies that are set then are anachronistic. Yes. And we just sort of forgive it or ignore it or don't know that they're anachronistic. This one just doesn't apologize for being completely anachronistic. I once had, I did a class uh, when I was at university called History and Film and we watched uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and the teacher, I will never forget the teacher's words, which were, this is the most historically accurate of all the films we've watched this semester. Who was the professor? Oh, she was a history professor, Jane something. Oh, okay. I, yeah, no, it was it was someone in the history department who taught this course. Right. So uh, it was actually quite interesting. And she's like, this is probably the most historically accurate, accurate film you're going to watch because it actually points the shit out that all historical movies either get wrong or don't talk about the things that were – and has like little things like there's a bit – um, how can you tell he's the king? He's the only one who's not covered in shit. Like, <laughs> things like that that would have been obvious like in that time, you know, hygiene and um, uh, sanitation and things like that weren't very good and it's always glossed over mm. whenever you look at anything that's set in a historical time period. You know, you want to go look at like the fabulous hair extensions on, say, the characters in Game of Thrones who wouldn't really have proper access to bathing yeah, but and things like that. that's not historical. That's No, it's, it's not tr- actually historical but – it, it it uses the same kind of things as any kind of historical – it's basically tu- set in a Tudor era, right? Yeah. And you get the same thing. People have perfect no, teeth things and all like, that. No, but the things like the Tudors on TV or something like that where it's genuinely set yeah, oh my in that God. time oh, and completely ignores everything. Don't get started on the Tudors. But, it, yeah, that's what I mean. Like those are the kind of – I mean, if you're yeah. looking at Game of Thrones, it's a fantasy world anyway. So yeah, but you Game- sort of go – um, I know it's supposed to be set kind of in history, but yeah. you, you're not going to pick on that for. No, I'm not going to pick <laughs> on that. But it is the idea is that they're living in this medieval world. Yeah. And it, it, sorry, it was the first one that came to mind because I can I remember seeing a photo of um Lena Headey in full costume and she's got this long luxurious hair that's clearly been washed and blow dried and fixed up with the GHD and she's you know lovely white teeth and all these kind of things and that what Monty Python and the Holy Grail does so well is pick. Picks at movies in that that that's that um King Arthur type era, mm. and it's just things like you know most of the peasants would have been covered in shit and um you know silly bins in ponds lying around lying around in ponds <laughs> handing out swords is no basis for a system of government like yeah. po- points out all the really sensible silly stuff, and you know like and the audience is in on it which is the important bit. Oh yeah, the other thing about those though, of course, is that a lot of that stuff becomes representative, right? Yeah. So we wouldn't be able to watch a movie now that was set then that is completely accurate and understand Because there are conventions. Right. But also it's not just conventions that we understand, but like now somebody who uh, looks a certain way, like is dirty and, and, you know, their hair is not that great, their teeth aren't that great, is represents a certain sort of group of people that these guys don't represent in that world. Mm. And so you have to – I think in movies a lot of the time they uh, – it's one of the good things about movies mm. is adaptation and being able to adapt to the times and being able to use mm. certain things that we understand now. Like in um, 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 Knight's Tale, which is another – which oh, is actually really similar another to w- this. Another wonderful, yeah, sort of in that genre fun-having movie. Yes. 
in that that's also very clearly not historically accurate. Right. They, re- they tell you a lot of the movie in um, – they tell you in the movie a lot of the time that it's not historically accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they basically say it to you. They use modern music. They use uh, – the costumes are clearly not right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Heath Ledger's hair in that movie is like – Delicious. <laughs> it's like – what is it, late 90s, early th- 2000s, you know – Blonde. I, I don't know, but now I've got permy, excuse to Google curly hair. He, he wasn't permed. He was naturally he had naturally yeah, yeah, curly hair. Right. Sorry, I know. Sorry. That's why I corrected myself I've been from following permy. the man's career for a long time. I... That's why I corrected myself to curly. Yes, but you know, it did look very much of that era. Mm. Um, not everything in that movie looked like it was from the cu- <laughs> the era. I'm just seeing it... pictures. Now. Oh God, it looks like he stepped off a, a beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But that's oh God, I, mean, I love that movie. <laughs> that movie isn't claiming to be historically accurate. No, no. It's saying this represents this character, right? Mm. That kind of hair is what that character's like in that movie. Yeah, this kind of cool surfer dude. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So but that movie is really unapologetic about it. Mm. Whereas a lot of movies pretend to be really accurate, but they mm. aren't. Mm-hmm. And I think Hansel and Gretel fits into the category of a knight's tale where it's very unapologetically inaccurate. Mm. for the period but it's also got like witches and trolls in it how can you forgive witches and trolls and then go oh but the but machine she gun be wearing was not pants. <laughs> yeah well women did actually wear that's pants true. during the time but you know the machine gun machine is not run. hysterically accurate <laughs> that, yeah and that's like, the problem and they didn't know what diabetes was then yeah i know that but it's um... <laughs> oh cpr there's somebody gets revived with a taser yeah. <laughs> there's like a wind up taser they they have to get the electricity they have to wind the that was great. I liked that too. <laughs> oh. But that's the thing is that they know, they mm. know making this movie that that's not accurate for the time. And it's clearly got that kind of steampunky vibe. Mm. And so it's just like, I don't, I, I've never understood why people will go, oh yeah, I'll forgive the witches, but that machine gun's not historically accurate. Yeah, of course it's not. It's a movie about witches. Mm. <laughs> it's not real. Mm. Yes, yes. So I've, I've been distracted by image searching A Knight's Tale. I see. A Knight's Tale is a wonderful movie. It's wonderful. I just want to have a moment of silence for Heath Ledger's smile, though. Oh, my God. Um, And it's got Alan Tudyk in it and Paul Bettany. Yeah, Naked what an Chaucer. underrated movie. God, I loved Chaucer. Mm. He was just – and the thing is, he's not historically accurate, obviously. Oh, God, None of them no. are historically accurate. However, Real Chaucer was still... a bit of a dick. Sorry. Anyway, continue. I know, but – In spite of that, there's still a kind of – because they're choosing to be representative of the time rather than Mm. be in the time. Yeah. I think it actually gets across the message of what it was like for them then better. Yeah. Right? So, like, the music that they were listening to then Mm. sounded modern to them. Right. And it didn't sound like ancient music The upstart young guy from the sticks who wants to be a knight looked like – a surfer dude who wants to become a politician might now or something. Yeah, exactly. And so mm. it um in in choosing to be representative rather than historically accurate, it uh it gets across the idea of like of really living then better than Yeah, no, totally. a lot of movie set then. Yeah. Yeah. It's kinda neat. It I is. I like that. It's clever. And I mean, this isn't trying to be about real history. It's it's trying to talk about fairy tales. But then it's also taking some of that stuff about fairy tales and making it relevant yeah yeah and i think Mm. um 
I mean, I think there's room for really great historically accurate movies, right? Definitely. There's not a lot of them out there. But I think there's room for, you know, a good period drama and a good period comedy. Not mm. that there's a lot of those, but those kinds of movies that um, there's there's plenty of space for those. Yep. And those are good and those are fun. Um, but at the same time, there's also um, movie film is, an, is a medium that that can be really, really um, creative and exploratory and they don't all have to fit into a mold. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why people keep trying to shove movies into molds that they don't fit into. Like it doesn't work as this one or this one, so therefore it fails. Mm. But what if it's something else? Why does it have to fit into those? Why does a movie have to be historically accurate in order for it to be good? It doesn't. Mm. It can be representative. It can be like Inglorious Bastards, which is a historical um, – yeah, it's like there's a, a word for that now. Wish fulfillment? No, no, no. It's um, <sighs> well, I clearly can't remember words tonight. No, Not, that's all right. I'm trying to. I, I don't know. It says probably um, some kind something of history. They're called something history. Alternate history? Maybe if you just Google like Inglorious Bastards and yeah, it says fictional alternate history. But there's a very specific word that's been used recently with that, and there's a couple of other movies that have come out. Mm. Alternate history. Mm. I feel like that's wrong. I feel like there was another word that I really liked. Mm. Uh, like like corrective history kind of, but oh, not that. Oh, okay. Something along those lines where it's like, that. yeah, it is a different history, but it's a, it's a history that if everything had gone the way we want to, it would have been like this. Oh, okay. Something like that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm being silly. Spe um, it's, in fiction, it's called speculative fiction. Speculative fiction. Yeah, yeah. it is speculative fiction, but it, because it's – only from then. Hmm. Anyway, it's an interesting mm. option for movies mm. and filmmakers to be able to say, I am making a movie here. I don't have to go by what actually happened. Mm. This is a movie. I can do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try and go somewhere different. Let's do something different. Let's make something different. And I feel like Hansel and Gretel, one of the reasons why Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is going to be a cult film is mm. because it went – no, I'm not going to fit into that. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to see, you know, what it would be like with all of this steampunk fun stuff mm. in Hansel and Gret in the story of Hansel and Gretel. Yep. You know, it's not um and besides, it's a story where Hansel and Gretel, the children who, you know, were uh the the cautionary tale about not trusting strangers. Yeah. Has become a turned story on its head. turned on its head and become a story about two kids who go through something traumatic becoming badasses and going out and killing the people who tried to kill them. Yeah. Like it's not it's in itself a bit of a speculative history. It's like it's like rewriting their story so that it's no longer a morality tale about you know strangers are bad and all women who don't have children are bad. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Which is something I think if you're trying to do a any kind of uh fairy tale now um, doing a straight adaptation of a fairy tale is not necessarily a good idea because a lot of them morality tales that have become outdated and uh, yes, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Um, a lot of the fears have become outdated. Some fears, you know, stay forever. I mean, The Conjuring, which I saw last year, is definitely a movie that even though it it has both positive and female mother figures in it, mm. is clearly a movie that uh, actually preys on the fears of mothers who don't – who don't love their children or women who don't want children mm. in a much more straight way, mm. which is kind of a common theme actually in the in the work of those particular well, filmmakers, this, but that's not the point. We, this is, um, the world we live in is not a world of straight-up straight morality tales. We don't 
ha- live in that kind of black and white yeah. society anymore. There are we're in a world where there are different sides to things and different shades of grey, and where things like things are not as you know they're, they're not just laid down in black and white and we accept them. We everything is up for discussion, and we're kind of postmodern about every about our art, and we're critical thinkers, and we're always you know, we can't just take a straight story anymore. That's not the world we live in. Well, hopefully we're also more progressive than the uh, the actual yeah. era of the Grimm brothers. Yes, and some of these morality tales about, you know, never going too far from home. And, and well, that's what was um, Frozen, which, again, was a, another fairy tale retelling, had to do that. It, it had to take a story that was about the danger of female power and turn it into the danger of trying to, you know, conceal and hold back female power. Yeah. Mm. I was going to do an article about that and then it never happened. But anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's that. exactly that. Like they were, um, they, there's a lot of things. I mean, retelling of fairy tales is very popular at the moment. Yep. We've seen heaps of them recently. Mm. The two Snow White movies that happened. There's and some, uh, two, those two TV shows, Grimm and Once Upon a Time. Three, actually. There's Once Upon a Time got a spin off too. Uh, <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. There's a Once Upon a Time in Wonderland spin off oh. um, that has Naveen Andrews in it. Oh really? Yeah, I, I watched like him. two episodes, but I really don't like the Once, oh. Upon, a, Once Upon a Time franchise. But I am glad I do that he love got a Naveen job Andrews. He's great. I really love Naveen yeah, Andrews. He's really good. And his wife was actually on on Once Upon a Time. Barbara Hershey was on Once Upon a oh, Time. Oh right, yes, yes. Um, I just suddenly realized I only just put that together while right, we were talking. They, yeah, they <laughs> used to be married. Yeah, I think they did anyway. Yeah, so I think I I quite like the idea of modern takes on fairy tales because mm. I think. I think that they can do these sorts of things with them. I don't mm. like the traditional morality tales, but although there is one, um, you know, mm. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yes. I hate when people change that one because the point of Goldilocks and the Three Bears is that you don't uh, just use other people's stuff. You should respect other people's should, boundaries. Exactly. You yep. should respect and other people's boundaries. Consent. And I kind of hate it when they keep retelling it for little kids now and go, he locks in the three bears, we'll become friends in the end. What? I know. And no. I'm like, that's, that's, it's not that's telling not you the... anything if that's what happens. Right. No, that's, that's actually it not becomes a bad a moral. Story about, it becomes a story about overcoming differences, but you're like, well, it's yeah, but... actually worse. It becomes a story about forgiving and making nice yeah. with people who didn't respect your boundaries and didn't ask your consent to invade your space. Yeah. That's not a good message at all. I know. It's the opposite. Yeah, I, I, I really hate I love that you made me retelling. Google Naveen Andrews because he's really cute. Now I'm looking at him. He is. He's beautiful. Not, and deserves not still to be on TV. Um, married to Barbara Hershey, by the way. Oh, isn't, they, isn't no, he? No, I thought I heard that. Yeah. See, I don't keep mm-hmm. up. I'm very bad at celebrity gossip. Mm. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, I, I do. Well, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I don't know that stuff either. But, you know, that's not what we're here for. So, And yeah. also, I don't know. Just, it's just not that interesting, is it? Not really. Yeah. Man, I miss Lost. That was a good show. Lost was a great show, partly because it had so much, such a diverse cast. Mm. I just really liked it. I even liked the finale. People go on pretty. about that and I really liked it. It was such a pretty show. Mm, it was good. Really beautifully shot. Anyway, it's yeah, no, we play- Yeah, we're and we've about. certainly talked about this movie enough and we can you can go back to your couch and be oh, warm God, and comfortable so and cough and go to sleep. So that's good. Um, um Star rating? Um, oh, I gave it three stars. Um, yeah, I solid three stars from me as well. 
Um, yeah, so thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Uh, if you want to read our show notes, you can do that on our website, uh, silverscreenqueens.com, where you can also find old episodes and how to subscribe to us and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you want to read Katie's review of this or any of the other movies that she watches, you can do that at her blog, which is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Uh, you can hang out with us on our Tumblr, tumblr.com. WordPress. No, that's not right. <laughs> Tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter at screen underscore queens. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. And you can tweet me a reminder to write a review of The Wind Rises. Bye. <laughs>